Sakuna Show. Gobble, 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 gobble. This is the cold open of our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving special. special. It's not really special, but it's Thanksgiving. So, so we said it's special. So we're going to try to talk about family and genocide. <laughs> Waiting wongs is easy when you have friends that sounded racist. This song should end. <laughs> there, that was our, that was our, there goes our theme song. Uh, the theme song, was it, do you think we played the, uh, regular one or the 8-bit one? I think we played the regular one. Yeah, because we didn't... I, we didn't set up playing the 8-bit one. Right, or a new one. If you're out there and you love playing with music, go back one episode, I gave you clean lyrics, and, uh, do your own version of the Whiting Wongs theme song, and if it's, if it's relatively, uh, listenable, we'll, we'll, we'll use it as our opening. Yeah, and if you send it to us, tell us how you want to be credited when we play it. You could also do like a cover, I think, as long as there's some element of it that's that's recognizable. Just uh, like like so, whether it's if it's not mm. my lyrics, if you if you want to do the vocals yourself, then like keep something the same. Like use the use the I don't know whatever. Why am I giving people listen to me? <laughs> You're dance planning again. I just I'm producing. I'm just like like well, I just don't want people to be upset. Like if they do like a. Um, some like totally different take on the theme, and like, and they do a great job. But I'm like, yeah, but I don't. I want. I want there to be like a connective tissue between all of them. So all right, let's get into it. So, happy Thanksgiving. Let's talk about family. Yeah, one of the big thing, the most devastating thing has happened to me family wise, um, which is that my mom called me to tell me that she's discovered whiting wongs. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to a non-white person on Thanksgiving ever. Absolutely. For sure. 100%. (laughs) The Plymouth Rock of... Of your mom knowing about your podcast has landed on you. <laughs> I like to compartmentalize my life. I think most children of immigrants uh, will 100% understand what I mean. Well, because we talked about, we've talked a little bit off mic about uh, Asian family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Korean family dynamics are different from Chinese family dynamics, Vietnamese family, whatever. I don't, not whatever. Okay. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> but. I don't know anything about that stuff, but was something that we circled was this idea that Asian families, you said, I'm paraphrasing you, mm-hmm. that there's like a big emphasis on have a bunch of kids and like mm-hmm. the kids are going to be your retirement plan. Not a bunch, oh. but <clears throat> but basically children are an investment and they you when you have children you give everything to them and you do everything you possibly can you sacrifice everything for them um in the hopes that that investment will pay off so that when it's your turn to retire they completely take care of you all of your needs and also um would move you into their home um so that you don't have to be in a nursing home and it goes without saying, if you're Asian and you're listening and this doesn't apply to you, then uh, you're, uh, you should turn in your Asian card. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, it, I guess it doesn't go without saying, so I should say it. But obviously, I'm coming from an East Asian standpoint, you know, uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, like East Asian culture. Um, I but mean, do West, Western Asians even count? Like, I, I never trust them. <laughs> it's usually. I'm like, pick a lane. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I think like, I think a lot of Southeast Asian and South Asian countries have very similar like dyma- dynamics when it comes to family. Well, I, I posited when you were describing it, I was like, you know, I bet, well, this all, yeah, it would, it's, this isn't a genetic thing, nor is it even probably a national culture thing. It's probably a non first world empire thing for, to, to rely on your kids, the idea that your kids are going to take care of you when you get to your infirm era. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's very tribal that way. Because it's pharmaceuticals and heart and lung machines and Blue Cross and Blue Shield and stuff that make it okay for, let's say, white people. But what we really mean is like first worlders, like 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 well, to say, well, yeah, my kids get out of the it, house. You there's know? also his. There's also like historic precedents too, because like specifically for Chinese people, it's very Confucian, because it's it's all like Confucian philosophy is all about like uh, about like respecting your parents and really like yeah. Uh, and not having a duck fly upside down for fear having... there will be some kind of quack up. <laughs> I'm, fa- oh I'm, fami- I'm familiar with Confucian <laughs> I, philosophy. I wish people could have seen the look of uh, like genuine like earnestness on your face when you said that. I've never seen someone so ge- earnestly say quack up. I, I told you. I told you. I think we've said it. It's like I you become a dad whether you have kids or not after forty. Like you just start making dad jokes, and that entails a lot of racism too. By the way, not that I wasn't racist before I was forty, but but like yeah, I got so excited when you said confused, confused. Like all right, yes, yes. Um. So, so <clears throat> when we were talking about like a lot of these family dynamics, like with Yusan, because he and I were kind of uh, trading notes about what it's like to be children of Chinese immigrants specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it was very new to you. Yeah. Um, specifically, like, you know, I, I felt like it was uh, it was very surprising to you to, to learn about this kind of concept that children are an investment and you're like meal ticket for when you retire. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I, it's I've heard of it before, like, you know, but uh, I didn't know, for instance, that it wouldn't be OK, you know, like. I would never trust myself to be like, that's an Asian thing. Like without, without fear of like, they would go, what do you mean by that? Where the (laughs) hell did you get that shit? That's a huge generalization. But, um, I just feel like I, to me, that seems like an, uh, not an immigrant thing. It's an immigrant thing to me because immigrants are foreign people, uh, who like brought over a culture from the old country. Right. Cause it is cultural. It's very cultural. It's a cultural thing. Um, I, it's also like it. I was also listening with keen interest when you were talking about it because it's kind of my worst nightmare. I mean, my I'm going I'm going home for Thanksgiving to to my family. I don't I don't know if my mom has discovered this podcast or listens to it. I I, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion like like there there's like a reverse thing going on in my older age where I think I've offended my mom so many times and I don't mean by saying poo poo butt butt or anything like that. I mean by like talking shit about my family and stuff because like that's what you trade on as a writer or I'll just say that's what I trade on. Like I flaunt my wounds, my, my child, the, the, the abuse I suffered. That's, that sounds like a strong word, but I mean, it's like in my parents' eyes, like every, everything that we did in the seventies was normal because everyone was doing it in the seventies. And then for me to be out here in podcast culture as a famous blabbermouth, I think I've offended my, I think, I think that may be why my parents did not come to my wedding and 
and uh, but we but we we're they love Cody and Cody loves them, and so we're going we're going to um, we're going to to visit my parents um, um, in Florida for Thanksgiving. In Florida, yeah, that's very white. A Floridian, it's very Midwest too. Everybody in Wisconsin f- spends their whole life saying, "Don't go to California; it's going to fall into the ocean." And everyone speaks Spanish, and there's nothing but crack there. Yeah, but Florida. <laughs> but 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 if you if you save up your money, you get to retire to the beautiful, flawless, cultural epicenter of Florida, <laughs> where the sun shines, where no one speaks Spanish, right, and where there are no drugs, and <laughs> where there's no natural disasters imminent, and where yeah, I mean, pretty, it's pretty ironic. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Well, so so see, that's the interesting thing is that I used to feel like immigration has shielded me from a lot of sticky situations creatively because, like, who's gonna know? Oh well, oh, this is uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. But this, uh, yeah, that there. What was fascinating to me is you said because um, the children are an investment. That makes the parents a little higher maintenance, paraphrasing you, you didn't say these words, that makes the the parents, they can be higher maintenance when it comes to meddling in their kids' career uh, choices, because (laughs) you're supposed to, you're supposed to take care of me yeah. after after I become unable to take care of myself. Yeah. What do you mean, open mic night? <laughs> yeah, because there's only four acceptable fields for you to go into, and that's be a doctor, a lawyer, work in finance, or be an engineer. Those are the only four acceptable things. This is really interesting to me because it makes me wonder about, about sort of like tropes, like immigration tropes. Like I do feel like there's so many Asian doctors, so many East Indian doctors. Is that a thing? Are there stats to back that up is it and and i and i like like is that just because you i only notice with my white eyeballs when someone's a person of color i think that there's probably a a higher rate a significantly higher rate of like doctors and people who work in finance and engineers who are either immigrants or children of immigrants and and that's who you would meet in america and so that's why it feels like there is a higher a percentage of people because people who who emigrate immigrate immigrate um i'll pretend i know which one you said uh, <laughs> so immigrate <laughs> um got it i'll never get that one wrong again uh sativa's a body high and because okay um the the that they they i mean you know look i, I use me connecting dots you're an immigrant so here's what that says about you i said there was a great quote about this at one point that was like if you're if you are leaving your country is like like you're you're putting your your own and your family's health and safety like something is making you leave that is it's it's more dangerous than staying i know that seems like a dumb statement but it's like when you really let that sink in and so even though we're not living in the times of like Fievel goes west and like every 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 story is Avalon of coming to America, still for for non first worlders coming to America, it's like they are coming because there's there's desperation there, right? It's not yeah. just like or it's just or it's also the other side of that coin is hope, like 
there's more hope and opportunity. And because you uh, either have a child or you're going to have a child, you plan to have children. You you think like, well, this is where I they ha- this I'm going to hedge my bets. This is where they're going to have the best opportunity. At least that's how like I mean that's how my parents um, explained to me why what made them decide to immigrate and say that so they came to America in the 80s and they'd already had me in China and I was a baby, but they. Uh, I think my dad kind of strong armed my mom into it um, and was like, you know, it's the land. It's the land of opportunity and you can achieve the American dream there. Your child can be anything they want to be. If you work hard enough to get them there and give them the tools that they need, then they can be anything they want to be provided what they want to be as a doctor, lawyer, engineer or finance person. Do your parents, do they then have an affected patriotism about America? Are they like, if you like, if you said, I'm off to the protest, I'm going to take a shit on the American flag. Would your dad grab your ear and go, this country took you in? (laughs) (laughs) Or would he be like, yeah, go ahead, whatever? I don't know. Honestly, I kind of don't know. Um... But they, I mean, they definitely love America and think that the quality, the quality of life is much better here than in China. Like, what's funny is that they used to think that they were going to retire in China. Like, that was always their plan. They were going to come here, make money, save money, like, make sure that I become successful enough to support them. And then they were going to retire in China, where most of our family still is. And most of their closest friends were. But um, in, like, I would say, like, early 2000s, they started taking a lot of, like, long trips to China. And they realized that they found uh, that, did like... they take a fast boat or... <laughs> <laughs> you literally yelled at me for not doing that joke <laughs> last time, so I just thought I'd do you it really, this time. You sure made up for yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, they, <laughs> they took a fast plane mm. to China, and they... They discovered that, like, it's a completely new world to them now, you know? And I think it's something that's true of a lot of uh, immigrant parents, which is that they leave their country in a certain decade. For my parents, it was the 80s. And that country continued to progress and change and become, like, a totally different, more modern version of itself. But they weren't there for any of that. Mm -hmm. And then, meanwhile, they come to America and they don't fully assimilate. Like, my parents lived in the San Gabriel Valley, which is, like, 90% Chinese people. All of their friends are Chinese people. Their business, like, service Chinese people. Like, they didn't assimilate. So, um, so they, but their memory of their home is from the 80s. And so, in 2017, when they go to China, China's, like, a totally different place. They still try, if they get into a conflict when they get there, <laughs> they try to resolve it. Initially, they, their first instinct is to resolve it through breakdancing. Yes, of course. Um, and that then, was the that was the big <laughs> conflict resolution technique in eighties China as in eighties everywhere. Yeah, um, it was a global initiative the, for conflict resolution. We were so close to the perfect. <laughs> I, I I just just as a side note, I because I, I, I'm like ten years older than you, but so you don't know this, but I I I was just sentient enough at ten that in the eighties. That that was a for real thing. Like white people <laughs> were so excited that black people were 
going to do funny dances to this was like the a new the mainstream media's like official it was like there's a new thing called break dancing and gangs aren't going to shoot each other anymore and there's got like like if you're a gang and you get in a fight with another gang you can just do this helicopter uh and you lay down some cardboard and it's crazy and it's a, it, it was it, it was a real thing it was a real right. narrative it was an alternative to shooting and i and if you and there are probably hip hop historians listening i'm sure they are that's part of my built in audience <laughs> um, that, that might be offended by me rolling my eyes at that because you might be going like, hey, listen, no, that was a real thing. And it got we got sabotaged in that movement. I, I'm not disrespecting the idea of a movement at that time. I just think it was so funny how excited white people were like, to, <laughs> to be like, they're not going to like like because the, the, the unspoken headline was like, it's going to be safe in Times Square again. You know, like 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 because they're not going to use guns anymore. They're just going to do the robot. Um, Did you try to break dance? Oh, fucking. God oh, almighty, are you kidding? Here's here's a since it's the Thanksgiving special, we're getting to know each other. Did did you know that I went to a almost literally all black uh, uh, junior high? No, I didn't. Just, just when uh, um, uh, beatboxing and and break dancing and shit were at their peak. Really, beatboxing was the big thing, and it's like I yeah, it was like you would walk down the hallway. It was like. If it was a, if there was a biopic and you were growing up in the fifties and you were walking down the hall, it was like every three, every third person was like grouped up and they were, they would be doing doo wop or something, you know, over a flaming <laughs> barrel. Uh-huh. Everything was beatboxing. Everybody was beatboxing and writing uh, stuff with magic marker on the walls. Sir, sir, sir beats a lot. Sir, sir, sir mixes everything. And what was your name? I didn't have a, I never, I never adopted a name. I didn't, even at that time, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to co-opt. I'm going to, I'm going to be a great beatboxer. I'm going to earn the respect of my, (laughs) my students. Um, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of these white kids that's like, and you can call me Mr. Mr. Beats, you know, (laughs) like I, I was, I was just like, I put my talent behind my reputation, but I, I, you know, and I, but I invited, I've, I invited my friends to, to, you know, let's play Dungeons and Dragons and let's talk about Commodore 64s and stuff. But also, yes, I will beatbox with you and I will blow your fucking mind with my beatboxing, but I will not go in the talent show. I will not call myself the, the ghostly white vanilla rapper. I won't do it. Um, I honestly am just surprised that there were enough black people in Wisconsin to fit in, fill an entire school. Well, uh, not only are there enough, there it's also like Milwaukee. The uh, I heard a thing on NPR that it's the most segregated city in the country. Oh, one of the most, anyway. Um, and that kind of ma- that that made sense to me at the time because the, the reason I wasn't an all black school in junior high is because of a, a, a desegregation kind of initiative that was like let's bus white kids into the yeah. inner city and uh, by giving each inner city school a specialty so there was like this all black school is now overnight the agricultural business specialty school. Um, and with a little bit of money given to them to somewhere in the basement have a bag of wheat and a pot of dirt right. to, to like so that when the white kids the ten white kids got there it was like here's your <laughs> here's, here's your, your special class white kids grow a plant this semester <laughs> uh, g- good luck assimilating <laughs> I, I'm really glad for it because by the way it was not a fucking rough deal at all like if it, 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 I I had already gone to a public school for grade school plenty of exposure to it was the, like I was a I was in the minority, I believe, as a white kid by the time I was done with sixth grade. Anyway, it wasn't something that was like a 
I wasn't like scared. It wasn't like a huge culture shock. Really. Yeah, it was notable though. Right. It was like like people would call me white, mm-hmm. which is now again now becoming a new thing. But like white people, it's weird. I don't know how we got off on this whole tangent. I was like, <laughs> how, how am I relating this to Thanksgiving? I gotta shut my goddamn trap. Um, I mean, if there's one thing we we now know for sure about this podcast, it's that we never stay on topic. Yeah, but okay, let's get back. Let's get back to the fucking shit. Like we can talk about my goddamn. This is can be my podcast where I talk about fucking garbage from my youth. <laughs> um, the, the the so. <sighs> that that was one thing I was curious about is what your your parents being are they patriotic about China are they patriotic about America? Oh right. So what I was saying was you know they 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 left China in the eighties and China progressed like crazy since then and they weren't around for that. So when they go there, like it's it's also a new place that they're just discovering. Like they're not used to how how it is there anymore. They're like who you put know? this wall here? And you're like dad. <laughs> Now I know you're not really Chinese. <laughs> That's how you busted him. That's how I busted him. <laughs> it turns out he's Canadian. <laughs> um, and you know they're it's, it's it's a little bit like it's it's a little melancholy because they're they're people who there isn't a single place on earth that they feel 100% at home because the China that exists today isn't the China that they remember and isn't the China that they've lived with and they never fully assimilated into America and so they're people without home turf. I have such a difficult time picturing China. Like, if I try to... Let's go to China together! uh, Oh, yeah, we could do, like, a remote... How great would that be? Dude, I would... Going with you would be the only circumstance as long as... Also, Cody can go because... Yes. But, but like... um, if I was with a person that yeah. could keep well, me from know, getting beaten up. Well, you know, both my parents are travel agents. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm going to get totally fucking ripped off. <laughs> you were going to... You know what? Just count yourself lucky that you don't get sold into white slavery in China. I wonder if it's too count late to make win. this my Christmas plan, you know? Like like that we <laughs> zip out to China and just do like a remote oh, episode. Oh, man. That would be so great. Because um, I, when I think about traveling like to countries that don't... that I, I Even just going to Europe is... Like, was like but but you know i loved dublin i loved i loved london i then i get to Have paris to and i'm like i'm uncomfortable this <laughs> oh, is a little too chinese for me <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know how to charm my way out of this situation these guys just know i'm drunk and are throwing me out of a bar i can't i can't promise them anything have you ever been to asia uh, no, no. Oh God, this is great. No, I truly think upon it with terror. We got to But make also, this like, I have to do it because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you'll love it. It's gonna be great. The food is amazing. I took my. Uh, uh, as long as it's not Chinese food, like, I, <laughs> like I'll, 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 I like, I love experimenting. Like, I'll do anything. All right, I'm but tell I you just two I hate Chinese food. <laughs> and- <laughs> I'm gonna tell you two things about Western food in China that I love. Number one, uh, Pizza Hut and TGI Fridays are like nice sit down restaurants in China. And I, I was living in China when they opened the first. Pizza but wait, Hut how is that? It. I'm sorry, but but those those are nice sit down restaurants. <laughs> You you mean you mean something very specific like like you mean like I mean that's like oh God well that's true everywhere you would go except Los Angeles or New York I'm not kidding you're laughing like it's no, no it's like a no like a fancy restaurant well like a place you would go to celebrate a promotion or a wedding oh, yeah boy. that's for ninety percent of America that's Pizza Hut or TGI Fridays it's like maybe not Pizza Hut so much anymore but yeah. when I was a kid Pizza Huts were actual Pizza Huts. 
Well, <laughs> yes. In the sense, <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that you were went there as a child. I mean, like, it genuinely, truly is like fine dining. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you're saying, like, no, you don't even get it. It's not, like, kitschy, like, it's like, no, like it's not Kevin kitschy. James' no, it's version like, of... No, no, this is, like, a fancy place. Like, it wouldn't be out of the question for, like, executives to, like, have a lunch there, you Which, know? all right, so I'm already, I'm already loving it. Yeah. And then the other cool thing is that KFC is different in a better way. All of the chicken at KFC is... Dogs. A... All right, that was racist. <laughs> Is a little bit spicy, which I love. And then they serve like Chinese desserts. And it's great. And KFC delivers. And all these guys on like scooters deliver KFC to you. Hmm. You're not impressed. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just parsing it. I don't want, I'm like, I, I'm definitely, I, it's going to be more compatible with me uh, on that, in that regard right away. Cause I think I, because I, because it, what it sounds like immediately in my first impression there to extrapolate is that. Well, it's a it's a giant communist country, so well that won't admit it's actually capitalist, right? And well, nor will the capitalists admit they're socialists. Mm-hmm. But the the because it's like a the People's Republic, it's it's actually uh, there's not a thing that I hate about capitalism, which is the built in hierarchy. Like, like, like I'm from the Midwest. I don't know how to keep my elbows off the table or not, like, fart and, like, stuff. And, like, so I feel oh, like... Oh, you can fart all you want in China. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, defect. But that was the other thing is, like, I, it's so funny, like, listening to you talk and, like, thinking about your parents and their perspective and then wondering how many people that are listening to our podcast, for instance, uh, how many friends do I have and stuff, like who are fundamentally like removed from my point of view because they their parents if not them themselves came from a different place and therefore don't have this thing where like it doesn't matter how liberal I get I could be to the left of Noam Chomsky but it's like even when you listen to Noam Chomsky talk like even though if you're right of him, he sounds like he hates America. Mm-hmm. It's like he's mad because of, you know, it's like America's been betrayed. You know what I mean? Like like everybody born in America is a patriot. Everybody. Like even people that are wiping their ass with the flag at a demonstration, especially those people, in my opinion. But like I, to, to be from a different country, to have your parents co- like – to be one generation out from people that were like, yeah, you know what? And I haven't, I mean, I don't know, your parents don't like, they don't hate China, right? Like, they're not like... No, not at all. But, like, they have a very different relationship with politics than we do because they didn't grow up in a democracy. They also grew up in, like, a, such a turbulent time during the Cultural Revolution where literally they would they would not go they wouldn't be able to go to school because their teachers committed suicide right. like that's a thing that happened like mass teacher suicides um and then like my mom Wait, like do we know that they were suicides <laughs> Well, it's it's kind of like they Are were they like, like Russian suicides where there's no, 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 two no, no. shell casings. It's, no, it's more just like because they knew like worse shit was coming to them. Oh, God. And See, so this, I mean, this is why. And then we got like I, white fragility. Like, I, that's why I'm so. Yeah. That's and why then, I bought a gun. And then my mom. Because <laughs> I maybe have to use it on my dogs and myself. And then, like, you know, like, my mom's part of the generation in the um, during the Cultural Revolution where they pulled her out of like junior high and. 
shipped her off to like basically a labor camp in the countryside because that was part of the great re- re-education of you know the fancy city folk you would love this um where they were like okay like you fancy aristocratic city folks like you ki- you kids who have grown up in the lap of luxury in the city need to understand what a real honest like farmer who is like the most noble of a person oh my god like you need to understand what that's like so they would ship all these kids out of the city junior high and high school age kids and send them to like labor camps where they would live like my mom lived there for seven years during junior high and high school for seven years she was on a labor camp and they would just like grow crops and like plow the fields and do like crazy like military drills and shit like that in the middle of the night this is this is why like that that's what that election represents the terror in me is like i fear this like revolution of unearned like hypocritical high-minded ruralness yeah uh, people coming to my very earned mansion <laughs> and going like, hey, what's up, city boy? And me going, all right, slow your roll. I, you will call me Mr. City Boy because I was born a hayseed like you, but I won't get a fucking syllable out before I'm like dragged into the into the street to the firing line. And like I ate. It, and it's like I'll be so mad. I'm gonna be so mad. I'm already so mad, and I'm the one getting a tax break. Apparently, yeah. I, I like I'm just mad, mad, mad because yeah. I spent my whole life going like like thinking I was the underdog and like moving from the sticks to the city and 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 can, I can't imagine like in a real situation where it yeah. actually is happening, where a pickup truck pulls up to your house and someone that's empowered and has an assault rifle is just allowed to go. Let's get your daughters out. here. Here, let's get your wife out here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I yeah, I'm suiciding before that happens. I, I that that is why I get it. Like teachers, so they knew because teachers were going to be just yeah. Well, basically, tortured. anyone who was an intellectual was just an enemy. Oh, you know, fascism. So all of these fucking like 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 see it, that's that's fascism. I mean, they're doing yeah. it in the name of communism, but it's fucking fascism. Yeah, it was a dictatorship. It's crazy. And like what's interesting for me as like as I got older, like once I became a teen and then going to college and stuff like that, it was that see looking back and seeing the propaganda propaganda that uh that was so much a part of my childhood when I was in China, you know? Because when I grew up in China, and I, like I went to first grade in China and you know all the textbooks were all about Mao and how great he was and like I just knew him as this like beloved leader who like ar- was the architect of this great country and then to come to America and once we started getting into world history like when I was in high school being like oh these fucking people hate Mao who like I grew up thinking was supposed to be like the greatest guy in the world you know and that was a, a real interesting turn for me to like reconcile like the this guy that was venerated in school in my childhood that i just grew up like not ever thinking twice about just being like oh yeah that's like the dude that everybody loves what's a a memory just give us like a like do you have like a memory of a moment like that where you encountered an american institutionalized attitude toward yeah i i remember a friend of mine i mean this the year basically betrays how like embarrassingly old i was when this moment happened but a friend 
uh, a friend had gone to on vacation to Hong Kong and bought a uh, a T shirt where Obama was drawn as Chairman Mao, and it said <laughs> Mao Obama, and she got it for me, right. and so she gave it to me, and I'm like, this T shirt's fucking rad, and she was like, well, you're the only person I knew who would like it, and I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, because they're comparing Obama to Mao, and I'm like, yeah, and she goes, he's a fucking dictator, uh, and I was like. Okay. <laughs> you thought it was like I. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. You're like you're like this is perfect for me. Like so I because I grew up in China, so it's like <laughs> it's like if the if you grew up in St. Louis and there was like a picture of Obama with the St. Louis arch on his head. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Like, it, I was, was just like Arch Obama. I was like, what's wrong with what's wrong with comparing him to Mao? And they're like, because he's a horrible, horrible dictator responsible for millions of deaths and i was like all right i guess i never thought about it that way <laughs> that's really funny yeah. aside from the millions of deaths that's really funny yes i hope those people are okay too um <laughs> but i mean you know like the, the the this is like my parents point of reference like it's very strange to grow up with parents who didn't uh, experience pop culture the same way you do and especially to be in a creative uh uh industry and to just not have them not have the same frame of references. Cause it's like people who like talk about their parents and the generation gap and how their parents are like really vanilla and don't get it. But like, yeah, but they still watch TV in America. They understand what sitcoms are, you know, and I have that barrier. And what gets through to them? Like if your parents is your, like talk about if you can now that your mom's listening. I know this is ruining everything. But like, like I'm, but I am curious about like the, the, you know, is your, you know, how does your mom and dad, how do they treat each other? Like, like, are they, they're not woke. They're, <laughs> they're old and Chinese. So <laughs> like, I'm not going to judge them, but like, I'm just curious, like from you growing up, cause I've talked to Korean, uh, people, Korean Americans, um, whose parents were, uh, um, from Korea and, you know, like, it's not, they're not on the cutting edge of feminism yeah. over there. Well, one interesting thing I have to give my parents credit for is that uh, two things that they've done that is very untraditional Asian parent of them is, one, they never hit me, which is, I think I'm the only Asian kid I know who was never hit by You were that good at self-defense? <laughs> It's and it's still- you're, just, you're just you're just bragging about being able to fend off all of their lightning strikes. I mean, I did do Krav Maga for a couple of years. Um, they yeah, and they I, never landed a blow. They never landed a blow. But I that's I, I'm I, I'm the only one of my Asian friends whose parents never hit them, and that's very very rare. Um, that's one thing. And uh, the and did other- your parents your 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 parents got hit by their parents? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Oh, they never mention it? Well, that's the other thing about immigrant parents is they never talk about, like, the before time. Interesting. They never talk. I mean, most children of immigrants have no I thought that would no all they fucking, do. No. That most children of immigrants' parents have no fucking idea what their parents were like because the parents never talk about it. Whoa. They never, ever talk about it. And, like, I remember when I was in high school, I would ask my parents a lot about stuff like that. And they would start to, but then they would just get frustrated with me because I didn't understand so many of the terms in Chinese. And so every two seconds, they would have to stop and try to explain things to me, which, guess what? That's my entire life with them. But do you think, because you speak fluent 
Mandarin. But there's so many terms I don't know because, like, I only went up to first grade in China. And so, like, you know, you're not learning about political parties and philosophies when you're in first grade. But I wonder if that's, like, a little bit of, like, that's... I don't want to use the word shame, but there I just used it. But it's like that that's part of it. It's like them trying to explain to your kid how society worked yeah. where they came from when they were kids yeah like oh uh, it's like if because kids tend to ask why is the sky blue yeah why are those like and every answer the kid goes okay but why 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 okay well i mean and i wasn't poli- doing that in high school <laughs> politics won't hold up to that yeah. inquisition and so maybe yeah. that's part but also of it. like they would be like oh you know like they would say like the communist party and i'd be like what's the communist party about and then they would have to go into ex- ex- like it would take them right. it would take them half an hour to tell two minute stories. And they're like, just watch Pac-Man. <laughs> You'll learn everything you need to survive here. <laughs> so, like, as an adult now, like, um, like I try to get them to tell me more stuff, and they're more open about stuff, because I, I, I can understand a lot more stuff now. But, like, but I don't think that's true of, like, most children of immigrant parents, because, A, the parents just don't want to talk about the before time. And, like, you, it really takes a lot of effort on the kids' part to really understand and listen. All right. Um I have a feeling this podcast by now is going to be so popular that they're going to value us taking a break in the middle for me to make a drink. And then I want to I want to quiz you about Chinese Thanksgiving. Okay. All, All right. right, we're back. Chinese Thanksgiving. Uh, it, the kids are calling it uh, Chinese Thanksgiving, it's but they're the neighbors. Hottest trend. <laughs> <laughs> Sweeping the nation. A lot of a lot of white people probably think Chinese Thanksgiving is just when you when the turkey stuffs you. Uh, because you're still taking pointers from that Chinese yeah, uh, joke the, book, yeah, well, from where the, everything Chinese is just backwards. Yeah, Chinese fire drill. Obviously, you get back in the car. Why would you do that? <laughs> um, a Chinese landing is a crash, and a Chinese Thanksgiving. Therefore, I th- I assume would be like uh, you just put food back into a turkey. Yeah, I guess everybody passes <laughs> a turkey around, and, and then you resurrect the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and you're totally ungrateful about it. Um, but so, so obviously in China, they don't have Thanksgiving. I'm smart enough yeah. to know that. Um, the, but, but the, a, a Chinese family living in the United States, like, okay, everyone's off of work for Thanksgiving. So yeah. you guys all get together. Now, how much do they put behind the whole? We, well, because family is so important in Chinese culture, like any holiday, like it's obviously an excuse to like be with family. So we celebrate Thanksgiving, but it's just an excuse to have family together and make a big meal. And we don't make any traditional white foods. We just have like a 15 course meal of all chi- family style Chinese food. Not really 15 courses, though. No, like 15 dishes for sure. Well, 15. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, not courses, but yeah. dishes. Yeah, I mean, I get. We, yeah, that's that's everybody. Thanksgiving is just like, yeah, yeah, it's like a giant table and it's covered in a bunch of shit nobody could ever possibly eat. Yeah, um, yeah. Except all of our food is delicious Chinese food and not dry ass turkey. Right. So now, is it going too far on the Thanksgiving special to open up your private life just a, another crack and say that your 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 partner is a white male? Yeah. He's um, a big dumb white guy. Um, his, I mean, to the point where his name is Truck. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and he's a ginger. He couldn't have like a, I couldn't have picked. I couldn't have like plucked a whiter person out of the spectrum. Uh, 
and but a cool dude and an artist mm-hmm. and uh who made our logo yep. just trivia whiting wong's trivia <laughs> um the the so, so he goes he like like how 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 does it how does the thanksgiving break down for you and your lover like do you guys switch families every other year um we general general like the, we've gone up to see his parents in sacramento for thanksgiving before but generally speaking we usually just stay here and his parents come down for christmas so him going to Chinese Thanksgiving. Yeah, he loves it because, as he puts it, he doesn't have to talk to anybody because there's such a language barrier, and and then he gets to eat like incredible Chinese food and not have to make conversation. <laughs> so it's like the best thing ever for him, and he really looks forward to, and he loves Chinese food, so he really looks forward to Chinese Thanksgiving every year. I re- I recognize that as a dream on paper, but part of it like makes fills me with anxiety. Like I I feel like if I if everybody if there was that much of a language barrier that i would feel bad for not being able to oh to participate yeah i would feel i would feel handicapped i would feel like i was a nuisance oh no he doesn't care he's very happy to just like put his head down and just shovel food into his mouth for like an hour and they and they and maybe it's just it's all in the vibe like they don't punish him for that well because there's like 18 people at dinner so it's just this like free-for-all of people like talking loudly you know over each other right but i would assume i i I, like like but the thing is he's just he's just a he's just a more comp like that's why he's a visual artist and i'm a writer like like he like because i I would sit there and listen to all your relatives speaking Chinese. Is that you're not supposed to say speaking Chinese? Right? I am fine with it. Whatever, speaking Mandarin. Well, there's like so many dialects in in Chinese. Like it'd be insane for you to be like, I have to pinpoint the exact dialect because there's like 200 dialects in Chinese. So no, there's only Chinese. two. There's Mandarin and Cantonese. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't have to explain this to you. Uh, I, the, 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 but I would, I would assume everything I heard that I couldn't understand was because I, I do this anyway. You think they're you talking th- about you? Yeah, yeah. That they're just going. That they. I mean, sometimes they are talking about him, but I don't tell him that. All right. What do they? What do they say? <laughs> Um, one thing that's you really sure funny, can't pick them. Well, what, one thing Confucius that's really say you sure can't. Oh pick no! Em. Well, you son and I were talking about this um, before we started recording, which is that Chinese people are obsessed with height. Um, like number one is your partner needs to be tall. And I, I always thought that that usually generally only applied to men, but he was saying that at least in his family, it also applies to women. Whoa. And height is so important. They're fucking obsessed with height. And I know it's true of Koreans too. I don't know about Japanese. And, um, and, and then of course it's the usual, like, are they rich? But, um, but like height, I think for most families is more important than wealth because, you can't buy height, but you can make more money, you know? <laughs> you can't buy height. I'm nominating as the title of the episode. <laughs> um, but it might be but, just Thanksgiving yeah. special. And so Trug is 6'4", and so they're really into that. And they also... And he's like... He's just like a gigantic dude, and so they are just constantly marvel at his size. Well, I've heard these stories. Like, so friends will say, like, I went to Thailand. And mm-hmm. I go, oh, God, how can he be so brave I, I can't like I said like Paris to go to like the favorite destination of white dudes Paris was too exotic <laughs> I was just like I cannot and you, you know I can't I gotta get back to where my babbling is worth everyone's time and energy like I can't acquiesce the and so I'm like if you go to Thailand you're like you're, I'm, I consider you like Indiana Jones and, but then I've heard over the years like people go yeah but no it's no big it's like you you're white and you're tall and then everyone just like 
in the streets, they just like run up to you and want to take a selfie with you. Oh, that's true in China too. We were talking about this earlier too. Um, like, is that really like thi- still true? Yes. So three years ago, I took truck to China and he'd never been to Asia before. And we had this like incredible two week trip, which I will happily replicate for you and Cody. Um, and I, before we went to China, I warned him. I was like, dude, people are going to random people are going to come up to you and want to take pictures of you and with you. And they're not going to ask you. They're just going to walk up and take pictures of you. And it's going to happen every time you go out in public. And are they... Are they smiling when they do this? Are they happy? Or yeah, it's the same as like if you. It's it's as if they were taking a selfie with like a zonky. Who's a zonky? <laughs> you know when you go to Mexico and they have the donkeys painted. Oh, a zonky. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, who's a zonky? I don't know your Chinese uh, uh, musician celebrities. Um, he's like <laughs> famous Chinese celebrity a zonky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I but that well that's why I ask because like I've I've gone out with Kato Kalin. Uh, <laughs> exact same thing as going to China. <laughs> and I've gone out with Jack Black, and I've gone out... I, like, when somebody has fame over a certain level, like, yeah. um, sometimes, like, people, like, going, oh, look at you, you're a spectacle. Like, sometimes it's just very insulting feeling, and, like, they don't like you. Like, they, like, they actually don't respect you, and I'm just curious, like... It, when it's not based on oh I saw you on a School of Rock billboard or you were in an OJ trial and it is just based on look at you you're you're different you're looking. tall and different looking it's like yeah. well we call that over here we call that incredibly rude yeah but you know they come from a place when you come from a country where everybody looks the same when someone new comes so you in, finally admitted it what what do you mean oh god what did I admit such a relief what did I admit that you all look the same. <laughs> You got me. No, I know. I, 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 I remember when I got all excited when because you were like, Yusan, are you are you Korean or? Yeah, so I was like, fucking yes. <laughs> no, but we talked about that. I'm not going to derail a conversation about that. Um, but but yeah. So, anyways, it's like, oh my god, I've never seen a white person in the flesh before. I'm going to take a picture and then I can show people later that I'm that I. But it's saw not a like, real life white person. But is it the same thing as like, let's say, because only thing I could always like, it's like, is it like. Because uh, I guess the, the the disconnect there is that if you did that at a farmer's market in Los Angeles, well, you wouldn't do it because someone looked different because they might be like transgender or obese or or even if they were like super tall, you know, like like you would never do it. It's like and I'm I'm, I'm curious. It's like. Like, uh, well, there's a lot less tact in Chinese culture, and also there's like no concept of personal space. I wonder if, I wonder if, like, that the concepts like tact and all that stuff is like if that's derived from like dishonesty and stuff, like, like where it's like, well, let's be, let's be really, really nice to each other, let's have like an elaborate code of conduct for when we run into each other, and that that's based on a successful first world economy of like, well, you never know who's going to be able to sue you, you never know who's going to be able to, who you're going to be asking for a job later, because we've achieved a kind of like, um, thing, like our, our experiment functioned to that level where we're like, well... Be polite. Be nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I just think American manners are different, you know? Like, and also American manners really emphasize, Western manners really emphasize kind of the individual. And, um, and when you're dealing with a communist country, when it's, 
the anti-individual. It's about like the collective good. Like, so there's no real sense of self and personal space, you know? Like, space is everyone's space. Right. Like, if somebody runs up to you and goes, like, you're so tall and pale. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me, let me touch you and rub your tall back or whatever you know like it's like they're just they they in their head they're like i'm i'm this is like they, they this yeah, person this should be stoked about it this too. is an interesting well not even they should be stoked, but just like this is interesting like why would this be not right. normal this is a normal reaction for me when i see somebody that looks interesting and different yeah and i think like in the in the first world like it's like it, it, it's like there's so many yeah there's so many things that would you'd go like well first of all you're not supposed to do that because you don't know if you offend me you might not be allowed on the next railroad train um second of all like um that was a veiled chinese railroad oh, workers yeah, reference well, i forgot i know look i don't see the world through that lens so i forgot <laughs> i forgot i forgot the chinese worked on railroad um, and I do mean they worked. A lot of people say that they didn't want to do it. They worked. They they got a paycheck every day. <laughs> I got drunk. I got drunk on the break. <laughs> Chinese Thanksgiving. All right. So you sit. You 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 come to your parents' house with your big giant white boyfriend. Yeah. And he's stoked because he's like, I thank God I don't have to talk to my fucking white <laughs> relatives. And he just sits down and starts eating some noodles and like. What do you think is being served at Chinese Thanksgiving? I'd love to know. Well, I, as I told you, I wasn't kidding. Like, I do not like Chinese food. Wait, that wasn't a joke? You no, don't like Chinese food? I, I don't. Have you ever had real Chinese food, or do you only like Panda Express? I don't know what real means. I, I, I know that from experience that, like, I, I used to say I don't like seafood. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Midwest. Yeah. Like, I had some seafood in Santa Monica, and right. it tasted pretty good so yeah. i was like oh i think maybe i thought i didn't like lobster because it was like always being driven in a truck to wisconsin <laughs> so i'm willing to accept that like real yeah. chinese food is something i haven't had or whatever you know what's funny is that you're really playing into the stereotype of americans in china because in china they think that americans basically will only eat like hamburgers and pizza dude i i mean yes they would be very happy in quotes yeah. to meet me because I will play into all their stereotypes. I w- it's not that, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do because I would be scared. I'd be moved by social anxiety. I wouldn't, I would never order a hot dog in a, in an actual Chinese. Because you would be afraid that it was an actual dog. I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be gauche. You know, I'd be, I'd be like, I don't want anyone to make fun of me and all this stuff. It wouldn't be for noble reasons. It would be, I wouldn't be like, I was Lawrence of Arabia. It would be like, I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I, think I better order it. the con down down to to, to right, fuck it, whether I know what it list, is or not. The list of dance Chinese names. Con down down is sliced eggplant marinated <laughs> in squid ink <laughs> with uh, Tabasco sauce. Tabasco is uh, what I don't you know Chinese what you people eat. It's hot and stringy and it, and alienating. Tabasco was alienating? A little bit. Oh, my God. Everything with flavor is What's alienating. What's happening to your palate? Well, I, I, but I guess this is important to establish. Like, I I swabbed my cheek and sent it into one of those Are places. Are you a super taster? God, no. Oh. I think I'm the opposite. I think I'm, I'm British. <laughs> you said that like you were <laughs> disclosing an STD to me. I am, because like, I always thought I thought I was Irish. <laughs> I know, I know. That was a huge blow to you. 
it was I to go from thinking you're Irish to thinking you're British is a is definitely if you're an American is yeah. a huge blow. My thoughts and prayers because there's no one no one over here is proud to be British. <laughs> there's no there's no holidays where you get to drink more because you're British. That's like, the only thing you have going. There's for. no so it's a, if you're American and you're li- all your li- only thing you care about your lineage is about style. So, do you want to be from the country that generates the poets and boxers and drinkers, or do you want to be from the country that generated Mr. Bean <laughs> and James Bond um, and I, and Spotted Dick? I propose that we do one offsite recording where I take you to a Chinese restaurant, and I'll take you to to London. <laughs> yeah, and you'll go. T- I don't know. I guess I, my dad. Uh, <laughs> I briefly <laughs> lived in London. Yeah, uh, I like. I like. I like London. I here's the th- my palate is bland. I think that that's a British thing. I, I, I mean, so that's, things that's that are fine. spicy, things yeah. that I, I have texture. I my um, my mouth like fears and rejects them. So like, do, have you ever had a good dumpling? Yeah, but I'm always like, whenever I'm like, oh, let's go. They got the best dumplings. I, I'm always like. Yeah, I'll tolerate it. You know, like, like I'm trying to think of, All like... Right, what are your favorite foods? Like, I'll tell you an example of, like, vaguely something that I guess supposedly is Asian in... in the, like, ramen is amazing. Okay, But yeah. that's because it's a brick of pasta. Like, I will literally, like, like, like I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, ramen noodles, like, yeah. not not too much broth like actual just thick like i just want to eat like a well i mean if it's thick it's no longer ramen then you're talking about like udon well you don't have to i mean <laughs> so snobby what about are your what are your what are your favorite foods philly cheesesteaks but, <laughs> but not with onions oh, or man. peppers oh my god i just like like so just Cody, Cody and I like love what like like Cody and I went to the Las Feliz Cafe, and we were we got breakfast burritos and 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 I was like, ju- at the exact same time as I was like, oh oh god, I finally found my god these guys finally got breakfast burritos right and she was like I don't there's something wrong with these there's too many potatoes in them like like I just like brown yeah beige starchy and like f- styrofoam food like i like just oh boy I, I like just all right this doesn't deter me from our plan to go to china together but this definitely like factors a factors into a lot of decisions but i'm aware making. i've always been aware of the fact that that makes me different and a and like um provincial or like uh what do you call it um I, I'm I'm ashamed of it. Right. Look, there's <laughs> I, I, a there's I, a McDonald's and Starbucks everywhere you go in China. But I'm not I'm not the kind of person that would ever leave town and be like, you gotta get me some McDonald's. Like I I don't I I did that in Paris because the kid that 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 was the community fan that I was drinking with like kept saying like let's go get McDonald. Um, and I was like I gotta find out like why is the McDonald's so great here? But it, I, like I I'm I'm properly ashamed of it. I'm gonna I would eat horse hooves if I went to fucking horse. <laughs> Hoovia, you know, like I'd be like, because I've seen enough movies where the heroes are people who go, you know, don't, yeah, I'm going to eat your fucking crazy Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, snake surprise, floating eyeball shit. 
I, that's what I think of onions. <laughs> Caramelized onions are the equivalent of like baby snakes coming out of a fucking pregnant snake on a plate in front of you in a temple of doom. But that's the thing. It's a, it doesn't have to be like weird. There's so much just like vegetables and like chicken dishes, you know? It'd be exciting for me to find something in China yeah. that I liked so much that when I came back home and people are like, Let's get Chinese food. And I could go, I don't like Chinese food. And they go, you don't like Chinese food? And I go, well, I like real Chinese food. <laughs> and then I was able to say, there's a place outside of Sampaya. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, admit it. I said something. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's 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 pledge to make this happen. You're gonna go, you and Cody are going to go to China, and Trunk and I will take you guys. All right, good. Yeah, and my yeah. parents will plan the whole thing. It's the great way to go to China is with a Chinese person. Yeah, I, I have to warn you. When Truck and I did our vacation in China, my parents then, like, like two weeks before we were leaving, sprang on us that they were also going to be going to China and going to the same cities we were going. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" And my mom goes, "We just happen to want to go to those places. Not everything is about you." <laughs> I mean, I. I know everybody gets annoyed by this, but I like your parents already. I, 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 like, I, I, like, I have, I'm not going to have any beef if your parents are dropping in. That's going to be hilarious. No, it ended up actually, like, I have to admit that it was so much more helpful to have them there. Like, I was so grateful that they actually went and followed us to, like, multiple cities because, like, I, I'm functioning illiterate in China. And so it would have been very, I could have gotten around, but it would have been very, very difficult. And it was just so nice and easy to have them to handle everything and arrange for everything like we never had to figure anything out let's talk about one thing that's kind of functional uh in this world where we're going to pretend our podcast has use okay going into thanksgiving so all right we talk about chinese thanksgiving a little bit yeah i still don't get it like you guys just eat chinese food i don't know how you can be thankful for that I'm kidding. The the for white people thanksgiving especially now uh means more than ever going home to <laughs> to racist relatives people and places where your politics are not the reason why you're hanging out so therefore yes like increased chances of dealing with tribesmen and women who don't share your worldview and you're supposed to break bread and be thankful and and um celebrate um the traditions of our our whiteness essentially like yeah of white of your white ancestors coming into a land and destroying the native population and then being like let's celebrate it every year (laughs) i'm not gonna defend thanksgiving it's like whatever but uh I, I, I understand the problematization of Thanksgiving over the decades, and that's fine. That's healthy. But I, I, I also, like, I think it's great that there's a time in the autumn during the harvest when we... we yeah, when we, when we haul in the TV script harvest for the year. <laughs> um, but anyways, college kids go off. Like, and they, they come back. They cosmopolitanize. Um, they return home to their families, mm-hmm. and they listen to their uncle. Um, I don't know how much this is like dissipated because of Facebook, the way that high school reunions have, like where it's like, well, I already knew my, I know my uncle Jerome, like, like what a fuck up he is because yeah. he keeps posting all this crazy shit. Or if it's made worse because of that, because it's like I can't look this motherfucker in the eye over cranberry sauce. Yeah. Um, I'm you. I'm curious about your point of view on that because you're 
kind of from the outside, if I say to you that, yeah, white families, the Thanksgiving tradition is like young people go home and they have to make a decision about how much they want to um, buck the fucking tide. Yeah. Because there are different philosophies about it. There are people who go, look, I'm 25. My uncle, my grandpa, my aunt, my cousins, they're, they are what they are. Family's family. I'm not going to spend my holiday weekend telling them they're wrong about everything. Then there's, and then on the other side of the spectrum is people going, no, this is your chance. If everyone did this, the world wouldn't be like this. You gotta, if you hear some shit, you gotta call it out. Um, and I'm sure everyone else, everyone, every real person is somewhere in between where you're like, I don't want to be the reason why Thanksgiving was dramatic. I don't, nor, nor do I care about like my family so much that I'm going to sit there and listen to some bullshit. If someone's like, I'm just curious, like as somebody who is really like, you're purely American in terms of like, like we, like the world that we share is, is completely the same. Like your language and your attitude, your philosophies, like we share everything, but then there's this thing that's about tradition and family where, and so when you think about white people going home for Thanksgiving and whether or not how, how they're supposed to handle uh, passing the cranberry sauce while they're while they're encountering people in their family that who who have uh, problematic viewpoints that are being regurgitated over the table. Is there a responsibility? Is it? Well, I, a lot of people, like a lot of white people talk about like, how do I become an ally? How do I help? Like, what can I do? You know? And I, I think that the number one thing that white allies can do to help people of color um, is to be the bridge to other white people. Because there are certain white people who might be too uh, far gone in the sense that they wouldn't I don't think they could hear it from me or someone with skin darker than me, you know, and but they might be able to be open to listening to another viewpoint if it's coming from uh, another white person and another white person that they care about. And so I think that that is the most valuable thing, the most valuable service that a white ally can provide. And and that is to talk to other white people and access the type of white people who are so far down the spectrum of racism that they're not reachable by people of color. Um, and, it, you know, it's not an easy conversation to have. And it's it's like a it's a burdensome conversation to have. But if you want to be an ally, then like that is I think that's the single most important thing you can do. If I made you choose, which is an unnatural, inhuman choice. I know. making me so nervous. It's just so funny because to make someone choose this is unreasonable because life doesn't work this way. But if I made you choose uh, between an algorithm where you told all white people going home for Thanksgiving, um, uh, fuck, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to parse this to force you into a binary decision. Like, <laughs> because it's like, well, I guess what I'm getting at is like, do you think people get changed? Like, if the goal is to change people, um, it then so often what we see is that the way that that goal is met comes through a form of acquiescence. Example, you go home for Thanksgiving and you're the 19-year-old college kid and you're, you've are you clearly been smoking weed 
and you're taking your your awesome classes and your parents are paying for them and but, you're insufferable and talking about and Bukowski. you're insufferable you're 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 past the gravy and you're just like by the way did you know that this holiday celebrates genocide and then uncle buck says something like i saw the latest uh uh uh, uh, uh J- jerry reach around what's the 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 tom cruise uh J- jack reacher jack reacher um movie and like i didn't think it was as realistic because when he used his glock and got well you know firearms killed 19 children a day like you know in my in my mind yeah. i'm thinking like you know what i've had dinner with that relative yeah. and i've and and as liberal as i am i'm i just keep thinking in the back of my head i'm like you're not you're not helping anything yeah like, i think it i think it's more effective when you talk peer to peer so if you're younger and trying to talk to like somebody from an older generation i don't think that works as well and i think that you might just have to cuz you also have to i believe in self care and like not exhausting yourself and uh, and putting yourself in such a state of like anxiety and anger that it like negatively affects your mental health. So I I think that sometimes you just have to look at like what's my best case scenario here and can I reach that best case scenario? You but know? all the way to the extreme scenario now, the gravy boat's being passed and your brother in law's got a little tiny iron cross or let's go full <laughs> swastika like just tattooed on the crook of his thumb or uh-huh. or just like there's something just about him like or the bumper <laughs> sticker on his car in the driveway and like you know that he's full fucking blown yeah. ready to go yeah um is it and, and what, let's say he's not mentioning anything. So you don't, or do you go? Also, I believe in there's a time and a place to like have conversations if you want the optimal result. And I don't think the Thanksgiving table is the pl- the time and the place to talk about shit like that. But like, I think when you are around people that where you have a, cl- a close enough relationship where you feel like they might listen to you. Um, that's the time to talk about it, but like not at the Thanksgiving table. Like that's just asking for trouble. Yeah. Well, it's also not gonna. It's you're just gonna ruin everybody's. Time. They're they're not at Thanksgiving to determine whether or not they should build a prison camp. Yeah. Therefore, you're not actually um, you're not actually selling anyone out by not yeah. disrupting Thanksgiving. By the way, I love that you described it as. There's just something about him. He <laughs> has a swastika tattoo. There's just something about him. <laughs> Or maybe it's his Dilbert T-shirt. You're not. You're not <laughs> sure. You get a. You get a. You get a. You get an inkling. Um, yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. So, so you heard it from Jessica. If your if your family is an, uh, Nazis, uh, go go break bread this this weekend and fucking have a good time with them. And uh, <laughs> you paraphrasing what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and if your family's Chinese, uh, don't worry about talking to them. And don't uh, invite Dan. Clearly, just be tall. Just, yeah, be tall, and then secondary to that, be rich. Well, don't invite me anywhere, for sure. Well, I'm inviting you to China. And I'm coming. our listeners are going to be very disappointed if you don't go. I, yeah, no, yes. For, well, yeah, I mean, Big Bird went to China. I, 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 like, no, no <laughs> and you follow, you fo- Big Bird can't do anything you can't do. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're, we'll, we'll start planning our China trip. I think we're, we're gonna do a mailbag episode at some point. <laughs> Thanks for continuing to send in your emails. We're not ignoring them. We're not. I know. I I read all of them, but like sometimes I just don't have the, I just don't have the mental energy to like 
answer them, and I always want to try to like do a thoughtful answer. So like I am still reading them, but it, I'm really really backlogged on responses. So I'm sorry, but just know that I read every single email. Well, in case you need somebody to say it, you know you don't you don't no one said you 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 don't have to like. <laughs> yeah, I still try. I try to, but that's the, your choice. Yes, it's my choice. Yes. Okay. And um, but I will say this like. If you do want to write in, like, don't write in and be like, I'm only on episode two, but Dan talks too much. Like, we get it. We get it. I do get that I talk too much, and I'm always going to get that, and I'm also always going to talk too much. But, but also, I'm also like, always don't criticize the format it. of the show. If you're listening, you're only two episodes in. Like, listen to a few more. Like, we recorded three episodes in a row without, like, listening to them or having any feedback. So... You know, give it some time. I'm going to contradict that by saying, if you're on the second episode of a of a podcast and you're moved to write an email, you're a great uh, like like fucking just. <laughs> just we're, we're just saying we're probably going to ignore your email. E- easy, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't, That's don't, very easy to, to say to, from yeah. somebody who doesn't read the emails. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, but I read all of them. Um, and uh, nothing, nothing else, right? Happy Thanksgiving. Um, happy, happy Thanksgiving. You know what I'm thankful for? A Chinese friend. Oh. That was willing to do a podcast with me to talk about race, my favorite topic. <laughs> I'm thankful for my white friend who my mom asked if uh, also he also worked on the pickle show with oh. me. What's your mom's name? Julie. Julie. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, see, we're not so different. <laughs> Yeah, you're both named Julie. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I'm going to honor her by intoning it properly. Happy Thanksgiving, Julie. (laughs) That's her American name, dude. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, you know what? Okay, real quick, real quick. Somebody wrote in about this, which is that, like, you know, this guy uh, worked in China and uh, a lot of people that he met while working in China would tell him, like, oh, my name's Steve, or my name's David. And he's like, your name's not fucking Steve or David. Um, and he wanted to know, like, why that was a thing. I'm sorry if I'm, like, misparaphrasing, but, like, I've actually gotten this question a lot from people. Um, and the thing is, is that in in China, like, they know that, like, Westerners have trouble with their names. And so for them, it's, like, not a big deal to just choose a Western name so that they can easily do business and communicate with Western people. But it's not like they're legally changing their name they're just like this is going to be easier for you because you're dumb and white and you can't say my name and i'm not going to make you try so i'm going to make things easier for you call me by this name i Mm. understand that if i want to exist and communicate with the western world i have to just arbitrarily choose a name so how come barack obama didn't do that (laughs) (laughs) he's fucking stuck it out like i i wasn't born jessica what's your tell us it's gaoyang so in so in Chinese, like your you say your last name first and then your first name second, and you say it all. It's one like unit, like it's one whole name. And uh, and when you talk to people, you address them by their entire name, Gao unless Yang. you're like very yeah. And my last name means tall. Oh, mm-hmm. you're you have a bright future. Yeah, I do. I have a very bright and you, future. And you and you and you married upward. Yeah, now now accepting uh, marriage proposals. <laughs> But um, but yeah, my mom. Uh, she, and when I first moved here, when I was four, my mom named me Helen, and I was Helen for like several months. And then uh, she had a friend visit her and say, "Oh, like, that's right, you told me that." Yeah. yeah, and her friend was like, "What did you name your daughter? <laughs> what did you rename your daughter?" And she said Helen. And her friend said, "Because I'm sure Helen was like one of two white names she knew." And her friend said, 
you know that's like a old lady's name. <laughs> and my mom goes, I-, I don't want my kid to have an old lady name. God, you know, what, what if that woman had just modern- been a, a, a fan of Transformers and her <laughs> name was Optimus Prime? Yeah. And, uh, and so she, and I remember, I distinctly remember coming home from preschool one day and my mom saying, before you run out to go play, what name do you like better, Jennifer or Jessica? Right, and I was right, like, right. I don't know, Jessica. And then the next day she told me she was changing my name uh-huh. to Jessica. And I I thought, if I knew I was choosing my new name, I would have given it literally a second of thought. <laughs> and I remember going to school and the teacher announcing to the class, Helen's name is now Jessica and everybody has to call <laughs> Helen Jessica. And then, and for years, I was so convinced that she named me after Murder, She Wrote, because that was her favorite show, Jessica Fletcher, the character that Angela Lansbury played. And then when I was for some reason, then when I was in college, I was like, "Wait, this doesn't have to be a mystery. Like, I could just ask her. Like, I don't know why I didn't think to just ask her if she named me after Murder right. She Wrote." So I went home for the weekend and I said, "Did you name me after Murder She Wrote?" And she said, "No, you probably don't remember this, but there was a baby who fell down a well, and her name was Jessica." You know what? I've never told you that's kind of crazy here. Because I was about to say, well, you know, white people are no stranger to this concept because when you're a kid, you just get these nicknames. That's why rich people on the East Coast, their names are like Muffy and Buffy and all that stuff. Right. Those are their real names. Like, they pick these, like, fucking, like, waspy, like, nicknames. Right. Moofy and Pussy and, <laughs> like, but their given name is Elizabeth. But, like, I had a nickname. Like, my nickname is Tiki. What? Uh, yeah. T-I-K-K-I. Uh, my favorite childhood book was... Uh, Ricky Tiki Tembo? No, not Ricky Tiki Timbo. Everybody guesses that. Mm-hmm. No, it's Tiki Tiki... Well, wait, no. No, Tiki Tiki Tembo, No, no Sarimbo. Cherry Berry Rootsy, Pip Berry Pembo. Yeah, the kid that fell down the yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Or the kid whose brother fell down the well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiki Tiki Tembo. That's right. It's is he tiki Chinese? Tiki. Is that Chinese? No, it's uh, not. What is it? I don't know. Oh. But don't be <laughs> I, racist. I, I I assume it's a made up language by a white person. Wait, no, really? I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was authentic. You thought it was authentic that yeah. some kid's name was Tiki Tiki Tembo, No Sar Rembo, Cherry Berry Rootsy, Pip Berry Pembo. Well, yeah, because the story says <laughs> this is the, this is how like names got the shortened. Story said. It, what it, what do you want me to be like fake news? I I'm not. I, I believed. The, I thought it was this. I thought it was, like, it was like once upon a time in China or something. The names used to be like super long, and then the reason is because the kid went around and he said, "My bro- little brother's in the well," and he drowned. Didn't the kid drown in the story because his name was too long? I maybe that's very dark. You gotta look this up now. Anyways, like all right, yeah, we'll look this up. My nickname is Tiki because of because that was your favorite book. Yeah, my dad call, would call me Tiki. That's like, kind of adorable. I know I like I like it, and then I, I I think I fucked it up somehow. Like I like he doesn't call me Tiki anymore. Be- maybe because you're forty four years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we did it. All right, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Think about what you're grateful for, and if you're if you came to our country, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome, giving. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>